Welcome to the Sample Chapter Podcast, the show where authors read a sample chapter from one of their books. Here's your host, Jason A. Meiske. Hello, Sample Chapter listeners. Hey, this is episode 248 of the Sample Chapter Podcast, and I am your host, Jason A. Meiske. Hey, welcome back. This is part two of our our feature with D.M. Murphy. If you tuned in last week uh, for episode 247, then you heard the interview with Diane. And uh, what a great interview that was as well. Uh, we had a, had a really good time having a discussion about her military background, uh, how she writes, how she came up with her story ideas. Had a really nice chat about Scrivener for a while and uh, using old tech to write, as well as so much more during that's a great interview i'm gonna put a link to it in the show notes so if you haven't heard it yet you can click down there and go back to check that out but today you're going to be hearing a sample chapter from her debut novel down 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 it's book one of the beckler trilogy and uh, it's a great chapter i've already heard it and uh, it's got a really great hook to it it's got a good uh, cliffhanger ending so that you want to know more about what's going on and uh yeah just i, I definitely recommend that you check that out and uh, don't forget to click the link in the show notes for her website as well so that you can see everything else she's up to and uh, be notified when her next book comes out. Well, as for me, uh, it's been a been a really busy week. Uh, took some time off. We drove down to San Antonio. My wife and daughters went to a women's conference at the Alamo Dome. And I spent that time busy myself uh, doing some interviews. I had, had a whole lot of writing done, writing and editing done on Bandit 2 and uh, putting together a little more on my short story that I'm working on and uh, it was just a just a very I don't know (laughs) tiring but very fulfilling trip and uh, we made the whole drive back in one day on Sunday the uh, 22nd and then uh, oh man I tell you what it was a long day at work the next day I can tell you that for sure uh, but uh, nice to have so much work done on uh, Bandit 2. I'm feeling pretty good about it. About another week to go until November, so I'm, uh, I'm, I'm feeling a little more confident that I am going to have things ready in time to do. Uh, well, what I'm looking at is perhaps a, uh, a pre-order for Bandit 2 starting the first part of December uh, because I have an event on December 9th that I'll be going to, so Got to have the books by then, at the very latest. <laughs> but yeah, as soon as I as soon as I confirm that, as soon as I do have a date that I'll be putting a, a pre-order or something up for Bandit 2, I will be sure and let you know first. As I mentioned last week, I am actively seeking people who are interested in reading, uh, beta reading Bandit 2 for me and checking things out. Um, I've already heard back from some, and that that's extremely exciting for me that people are, are excited for the book. And uh, if you're interested, make sure you reach out to the show via email at samplechapterpodcast at gmail.com. And just let me know that you're interested in and I will get in touch with you. Uh, and those of you who have reached out to me, thank you so much. I will be, I promise you, I will be in touch right away. Also, last week I mentioned that I am in the midst of a contest with other podcasts on the network with Pop Goes the Culture Network. And uh, yeah, we, we made it through the final four. This is the, the My Favorite Scary Movie uh, contest that's going on, tournament, if you will. And uh, this week, we are in the final two. We're up against The Thing. 
So my pick of Poltergeist has made it through all thanks to you guys uh, going on our social media and uh, voting with either comments. And on, if you're on Facebook, then it's a comment in the uh, you know, down below in the comment section. You just write Poltergeist to cast your vote. Or if you go to the show's X Twitter page, uh, you can click on the uh, the link there. Uh, there's an actual button you can push to vote for Poltergeist. Uh, but either way, you can vote that way. Um, I'm going to make sure and share those as well. Uh, today is the last day. So October 24th is the last day that you can vote for that. Uh, so don't forget to uh, check that out. I'll be sharing it again today. Don't win anything special. You know, there's nothing, you know, no, no big deal for it. But it's fun going against, uh, you know, just bragging rights against my other uh, podcast shows. Letting them know that uh, my listeners are uh, paying more attention than theirs. <laughs> and, uh, you know, hey, that's that's pretty special as it is to know that I've got so many listeners who are doing this for me. So, uh, yeah, for each and every one of you, thank you. Uh, but make sure you're also clicking that link in the show notes to go and check out all the other shows at Pop Ghost Culture Network. They're great uh, shows and they're a lot of fun. I also invite you to check out Writer's Block Coffee. They're an affiliate of the show which means if you click on the link in the show notes or if you just go to Writer's Block Coffee and use coupon code sample chapter, that you're going to save 10% on your order. And the show gets a little something for that as well to help you know keep the lights on, as, as I hear some people say. <laughs> it goes to help the show with uh, keep some of the costs down and uh, gives us a hand. So don't forget to check that as well. Hey, we've got some really great new t-shirt designs at our t public store so um, i'll put a link for that in the show is in the show notes as well uh there's uh, some that are not show related per se <laughs> i've got a, a friday the 13th jason design in there that uh, actually my wife came up with that idea and uh, it's unique to the show because it's jason just like my name uh and then there's another design in there and it's pop culture related uh, but uh, yeah, just coming up with some new design ideas lately, and uh, that's been fun. And got more of them in in the works as we speak. So, uh, so yeah, check out the link in the show notes for T Public and uh, all the other designs. We have several designs in there that are Sample Chapter Podcast related, and a few other that are uh, designs for my books as well. So yeah, make sure you uh, check out some of those designs and see if there's anything that you like. Well, hey everyone, I think it's time for my babbling to stop. Because I know you're really here to check out DM Murphy. <laughs> so let's hop on over to her sample chapter of Down, Down, Down. It's book one of the Backler Trilogy. Jason, I'm really excited to be able to share a sample chapter with your audience. Uh, what you're about to hear is the first chapter, part one of Down, 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 book one of the Beckler Trilogy. The narrator is Josh Murphy. If you notice a similarity in the names, it's because Josh is my son. So without further ado, here is chapter one, part one of my crime suspense fantasy, Down, Down, Down. Chapter one, the Passover. Heels clicked away. Elevator doors opened and closed. Richard Keene looked into the foyer outside his penthouse and confirmed the hall was empty. He shut the door and laid his forehead against it. He crossed to the bedroom, 
determined to finish the work he and Rita had started. There was very little time left, and the room was a bloody mess. Rita Blair exited the elevator and passed the doorman into the cool autumn air. She nodded and stepped aside a pair of costumed revelers, who laughed their way into the same apartment building. When a cold wind whipped under her coat, Rita drew it closer. It would be an impossibly long evening. A half hour passed, a busy half hour for Keen, and he considered himself done. How had he come to this? Keen, whom Fortune magazine had dubbed Innovative Tech's Meteorically Successful Founder, moved into the bathroom on shaky legs, nearly in a faint. Red drops trickled from his manicured fingertips into the sink. Mesmerized, Richard stared as they merged into tiny streams of scarlet. He flooded the basin with water, and it all vanished in a crimson spiral. It occurred to him that he might, after all, be insane. Why nausea finally overtook Keen, he didn't know. Like an overindulged frat boy, he lurched for the toilet. Vomit came in waves until he was empty and dry heaved. He flushed, sat back on his heels, and waited. When he thought he'd dare stand, Keen returned to the mirror. He saw a face as white as his marble vanity, sunken eyes rimmed in red, and what was it? Fear? He turned away. Soon, steam billowed from the shower. Keen entered the comfort of hot water. It poured over his head and down his lean back, buttocks, and legs. With one hand braced on the tiles, Keen ran the other through his thick black hair. He rinsed his mouth. Then he scrubbed the dried blood from his arms. After several minutes, Keen turned off the water and grabbed a monogram towel, suddenly aware that time ticked away. The second wave of nausea hit him as he re-entered the bedroom, saw the red-stained walls, and smelled iron. Keen flipped the switch off. Blindly, he crawled between his cool satin sheets and pulled them over his nose. Too soon, his eyes adjusted to the dim blue nightlight. The bloodied walls appeared again, transformed into black shadows that played tricks and created dreams. They were knights on horseback, flowing rivers, ebony forests, and fairies dancing. Keen steadied himself. Inhale, two, three, four. Exhale, two, three, four. After surviving this one night, he reminded himself, it would be over, one way or another. Keen drew the sheet completely over his face and lay there listening, waiting. Perhaps a minute passed, perhaps two. A gentle creak, almost not there, grabbed his attention. Rita? He whispered. Keen scrunched deeper under the covers. Soft padding like footsteps on the thick blue runner in the foyer followed. Then he heard a clicking like toenails, as if an animal had left the carpet and now crossed the wood. It got louder. Keen melted off the side of the mattress. He crawled under the bed where he stared at the blue cast floor with breathing so labored he knew he was discovered. The clicking got closer until a shadow appeared on the floor next to the bed, and then it stopped. Keen waited. His hand jerked to cover his mouth. Still nothing. He backed toward the wall. Still nothing. He screamed. The sound tore Keen from sleep, bent him upright, and stole his breath. But when the lamplight broke the walls from their blue shadows into ghastlier red, it was worse. Stumbling uneasily to his feet, Keen stood naked, 
trembling as the shock of the nightmare faded. How in God's name had he fallen asleep? With hands vibrating in front of him, he wanted only one thing, a drink. Yet the liquor was in a cabinet on the other side of the living room, 35 feet away. There's time, Keen thought. The grandfather clock, that steady pendulum of reliability, confirmed it. There were 15 more minutes until midnight. 15 minutes to put ice in a glass, pour the bourbon, and carry it back to the inner sanctum. More than enough time, he thought uneasily. He grabbed his silk pajama pants from the chair. Keen entered the living room warily. The only light came from the city through his penthouse windows. Below, Philip City glowed, a Midwest urban panorama of old brick buildings, punctuated by an occasional glass skyscraper and dreary cracked roads usually hidden by horn-blaring traffic, but now empty. It was the penthouse door, vague and dreamlike, however, that held Keene's attention. With bare feet, he crossed the cool hard wood and found the switch. He flipped it on and flooded the room with light. The entry door was locked, the deadbolt thrown, and the chain in place. Ice clattered into his glass, as if there were no other sounds in the world save the ticking of the grandfather clock, which now showed 13 minutes to midnight. Keen listened to the splash of the bourbon. One sip before I go back, he thought. The whiskey was strong and it flowed down his throat with calming warmth. He closed his eyes, felt the cool glass in his hands, and entered a timeless place, away from fear for one glorious moment. He wished for the hundredth time he could take it all back, return the penthouse and cars, the company, the money, and fame. Go back in time and be a nobody, a nobody in love with a beautiful woman. That would be more than enough. When he opened his eyes, the room was dark. He heard the first note of his grandfather clock's hourly song and whispered, no, then no. Conceptions of time had been shattered as easily as his conceptions of right and wrong, as easily as the glass and ice cubes that fell from Keen's fingers and broke into pieces onto the cherry-planked floor. With the ringing of Westminster chimes, he bolted toward the bedroom, scrambling over broken glass. Just short of the doorway, someone or something clasped his ankle. With a violent yank, he fell face-first onto the floor. The unseen fingers pulled. Keen's manicured nails dug into the planks and bent backward, tearing from the nail bed and leaving bloody lines in their wake. Keen reached for the leg of a dining chair as the tune ended and the first of twelve tolls began. Undeterred, the invisible monster ripped the chair from Keen's hand. Tolls two and three sounded. The grip dragged him further toward the door. Keen kicked and writhed, flipped to his back, then to his front, and the fourth chime died. Inexplicably, the grip was released at the door. A cat playing with his prey? Another chime told. Blood trickled from beneath Keen's torn fingernails and flowed from his broken nose. More chimes, more time escaping him. He crept to his knees and watched and waited. On the eighth toll, Keen charged for the bedroom, but a mere foot from the threshold, a hand wrapped around his throat. It lifted him off his feet and threw him against the wall. The surface cracked beneath Keen, and he slid to the floor amid a shower of plaster. Again, he lay unaccosted. 
another chime, then number 10. Keen steeled himself. At the start of another toll, he charged for the bedroom and this time burst through and skittered like the mouse he was to the side of the bed where he cowered. Shaking, he listened as the last toll died in the air. Once more, he waited, this time with his mouth bloody, eyes wide, and body vibrating. Keen was, he reflected, before he drifted into shock, only getting what he bargained for. Cynthia Harris dropped the phone to its cradle and stood stock still, her naked body folding unattractively about her. On the floor above, the screaming and commotion had stopped, but she felt no better. She tossed an orange and white candy corn into her mouth and chewed it thoughtfully. Annoyed that security wouldn't answer their phones, she considered investigating herself. Probably a nightmare, some rearranging of furniture, something common undoubtedly. No reason to call the police. Or maybe... It was something more? Next, Keen's phone went unanswered, and Harris popped another candy corn. It was past midnight, and a voluminous robe and pink terry hid Cynthia's round little body and feathery slippers her feet as she hurried to the elevator. It struck her as odd that it took a long time to arrive, but when it did, she inserted the penthouse key and pressed 14. When the elevator doors opened, Harris held her hand before her eyes to shield them from an intense red light. At first, she thought there was a fire, and her first reflex was to hit the close button. Just as quickly, though, she realized there was no heat. On the contrary, it was chillingly cold in the hallway outside Keene's apartment, Suite 1401. She pressed emergency hold and stepped carefully from the elevator. go everyone that was book one from the beckler trilogy down 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 and it was our guest dm murphy presenting this sample chapter to you like i said that was a fantastic chapter i love that cliffhanger ending you can find out what happened next by clicking the link in the show notes for the book and uh, for diane's website make sure you are also clicking links for our podcast friends the t public store and our affiliate at writer's block coffee and hit the subscribe button so you don't miss out next time when i'm back with a new author a new book and an all-new sample chapter take care everyone we'll talk to you again real real soon